Blog Talk Radio. All I really want to avoid with that, though, is having to start world late and fall asleep during that because the Nats games went late. Oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Federal Baseball's Nats Nightly Weekly, where we're taking a break from watching videos of people reacting to Childish Gambino's This is America video and taking a little rest from organizing protests over the fact that there won't be third seasons of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency or The Expanse doing sci-fi. So we're going to talk about all things Nationals for a little while here. So Doghouse, I told the FBB crew yesterday, I was going to try to take advantage of the time off with the rain delays and off days and relax all day. I said at that point, though, I probably jinxed myself into there being big news today, which, of course, I was successful at doing the big story of the day. Matt Readers, who was on the DL with a hamstring strain, uh, now the Matt's announced that he underwent surgery to repair the hamstring. I remember thinking when I saw him do it that it really looked like his leg kind of gave out on him at rounding first base in Arizona there. You could see it wobble on him, which is never a good thing. Uh, he didn't react well either, so I was kind of waiting for this. But didn't think surgery necessarily, but it looked worse than I thought they originally were saying. Uh, no timetable for a return so far until he gets back to D.C. and sees the team doctors. Uh, early speculation, just reading around on the articles that he'll likely be late in the season with this kind of injury, especially surgery for it. Uh, he came back to D.C. this year on a one-year $10.5 million player option that was part of the deal he signed before 2017, uh, underperformed, to put it nicely, as I wrote in my notes here last <laughs> season. It was off to a 231, 342, 385 start before the injury. Uh, the pitchers love throwing to him. How big a blow is this for the Nationals? They have Severino, who we'll get to in a minute, but uh, Weeders was going to get at least half of the starts. and defensively at least this year was really throwing out runners well seemed to pick up that part of his game and gotten really good shape for this season and has just been injured the whole time which has got to be frustrating all around yeah i mean your your heart goes out to to weeders as uh health is is so critical in in this game especially at this level drink for at this level uh <laughs> And little tweaks like that, especially in what seems to be a, a sort of a comeback season, got to be really frustrating. Of course, by comeback season, we mean getting good enough to the point where uh, Pedro Severino isn't obviously better and obviously the, the choice for the bulk of the playing time. Um, he, was, he was playing himself up to the level of being a capable backup, in, in my opinion. Uh, of course, l- last year, he was something of a, a black hole of awfulness offensively and at, at best middling defensively, you know, uh, difficult to quantifiable things like how well you handle the staff aside. And by file reports, Weeders is quite good at that, but uh, he's shown us some better defense this year. Of course, Pedro Severino, very good behind the dish seems to work quite well with the staff um, and has uh shown a little bit of production behind the plate or excuse me at the plate as opposed to behind it so the biggest impact i see on the the battery here from uh, the injury to weeders is depth now after pedro severino there's basically nobody you know we're reaching down what like to double a for for the next uh, next backup catcher uh you know, I, I click up the depth chart uh, here on here on Fangraphs, and there's there's a bunch of green crosses next to the catcher position here for the for the Nats. Uh, you know, not not the situation you want to be in. Uh, this this is you know potentially only one start in three or four, but still, 
we don't want to uh, ride Severino so hard to the point that he gets hurt. Uh, so in, in terms of production, it, it's a minor hit, but uh, it, it makes me nervous about the lack of catching depth because pretty much every other catcher who's close to major league ready is also hurt. Yeah. And like we said, Pedro Severino, 24 years old and now going to be the number one catcher. I, I kind of, at least wanted him splitting time with Weeders this year because it looks like he's projecting to be the catcher of the future still unless they go out and get someone, which I will discuss by the end of this question. Uh, 274, 386, 356 line, six doubles, a 39% caught stealing percentage. He's been good behind the plate as well, a clean fielding percentage so far. Max Scherzer talked after the start in Arizona about them getting to know one another, uh, him getting comfortable with how they want to sequence pitches and how to implement scouting reports. So he's apparently picked up his game uh, in preparation and behind the plate during the games. Uh, Spencer Kaiboom is up right now, as we mentioned, uh, the depth of the Nationals catching. Uh, I don't know if that's enough for a team with World Series aspirations to be going forward with Severina Kaiboom back there. do you think they'll be back in the market for a catcher who can at least share time with Severino, if not start ahead of him? Uh, as you mentioned, the depth, Jonathan Solano is on the DL currently. Rowdy Reed still serving an 80-game PED suspension. Uh, Tuffy, great baseball name, Goswich, and Jake Lowry, whose name I had to look up, are currently the catching tandem in Syracuse. Taylor Gushu at AA, uh, some catching depth in the organization below that. Jackson Reitz, a former high draft pick. Uh, Trey Barrera, both of them at Potomac. Uh, do they need to go out and get some catching at this point? There, we know the JT Real Muto rumors are sure to heat back up again if the Marlins are actually going to consider trading him. But uh, I assume, based on what you said, that you think they might go out there and add some depth because I don't know if a team that thinks they're going uh, to the postseason and hopefully far in it can go forward with Severino and Kai Boom and just hope Weeders can work his way back. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. Um much as I was dreaming about, you know, a shiny rail Muto as, as catcher during the off season, I, I don't see how there are the, the pieces and the salary room to make that happen. Um, I'm assuming that, that Rizzo is just going to go out and get another depth piece. You know, he'll, he'll see if he can get, uh, you know, uh, basically another four a catcher, someone to, to stick there in the background, you know, see, see if he can get back Jose Lobaton, something like that. Um, I, I don't foresee there being a lot of horsepower catching wise in terms of an acquisition, but there'll be something there to, to, to shore up the battery, not enhance it. Yeah, I'd like to call a few people on our side of uh, said go back and get Ramos. He's clearly not the start of the future, and at his age, <laughs> where Tampa Bay is, go back and get Ramos, have him back, which, uh, you know, the sentimental fan in me, and I'm sure a lot of people in the nation's capital would love to see him come back. I, I don't know if an injury-prone catcher, as good as he is, is a, a great idea going forward, but... I, like you said, I wouldn't be surprised to see them go out and get some sort of catching depth, uh, whether it's a veteran that they can add in there and can you know, time with uh, Severino for now. I'd, I'd like to see Severino get the bulk of it if you really is the future catcher in here. And But they certainly have a depth issue, and they've had depth problems with the outfield. They've had depth problems at first base, which brings me to my next topic, Mark Reynolds. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman on the DL again with a back issue. Oblique, I think, was the official uh, press release called it. Uh, 
two home runs in his debut after Reynolds signed a minor league deal, worked his way up when Zimmerman was injured. Rizzo drafted him when they were both in Arizona with the D-backs. Um, he said he was told to be ready for left-handed pitchers, so it sounds like he's going to be part of a platoon there, maybe him and Matt Adams splitting time at first. Uh, he said he played some outfield too while he's in the minors, so he thought they might be looking at him as a possibility out there. I don't. I think I'd rather see Adams out there and him at first if that's what they're going with going forward. Uh, he hit 22 doubles, 30 home runs last season. Have to note that 21 of the 30 were hit in Coors Field, so that's definitely a factor. Um, do you make a spot on him for the bench when, if everyone is healthy? I don't know if that question's ever going to be relevant, but if that ever happens, uh, seems like he was worth the risk of a minor league deal. There's not a lot of suitors out there for him this spring. He had to settle for one. Rizzo was on the radio yesterday on a sports junkie saying that they kind of had to convince him that he was sitting and waiting for a better deal. And they, they, he basically said, you know, when you sign, you're going to have to go through a four week spring training type thing. So, why not just sign it now and work to get through that work with us? And then if there's an opportunity, I know he had an opt out in his contract, which he, he mentioned in a recent interview too. So they had to make a decision, which was uh, well-timed with Ryan Zimmerman going on the DL there, but a nice debut with the nationals. I don't know what he has left. He put up some power numbers last year, but in Coors Field, as I mentioned, uh, he could provide some pop off the bench though, if they keep him long-term and a veteran presence there as well, if they need him to fill in for Zimmerman. Hey, you talk about pop off the bench, you know, come in and, and hit a pair of dingers. Um, granted, Arizona is not that much different from Coors Field, their new humidor aside. But uh, <laughs> if, if you want to look for uh, a strict power platoon in a corner somewhere, uh, I think you could do a lot worse than Mark Reynolds and Matt Adams. Um, Adams, surprisingly, I have a small sample size warning here if you're going to talk about defense. Right now, Adam leads the team almost in terms of uh, defensive efficiency with uh, 15 <laughs> runs per 150, in, uh, 150 games on his defensive stats, second only to, uh, well, all right. It, this is just too ridiculous with the, the, the sample sizes. But uh, the, the flip <laughs> side of that, two. if you <laughs> go down to what he's done in the outfield, it's minus 35 runs. So, I'm not sure. <laughs> we're, we're back to Willingham-esque as a, as a description of, uh, of, of play in the outfield. But you, you don't have a lot of other options right now, and it's a pair of big bats. And if you can set that up with a platoon advantage, fine. As for what happens once enough people to get healthy, to make it a question of do you keep one or both of them on the bench, well, first let's get enough people healthy for that to be an issue. <laughs> And as, as you were hinting at, maybe that doesn't even come up for the rest of the season. Maybe they're just there because they have to be there. And if they do, okay, you could do worse. They're, they're not going to give you a lot of defense, but there are enough defensive pieces to plug in in the late innings uh, if you're trying to hold a narrow lead. And Davey has shown that he's perfectly willing to do that. You know, you still got Stevenson, you got Wilmer Defoe. Uh, if you want to shift people around to optimize the defense fine, but for uh, an offense first pair of guys that you can hide in the corners, they're pretty good. I, I kind of want to, I might be alone in this because of his production at the plate so far, but I, I'd like to wait Turner, uh, Andrew Stevenson plays out there. Turner Stevenson is a hockey player. I just had it stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, 
I just his bat's not quite there. I, I definitely have seen some improvement. We talked before about the work he did with Kevin Long, who actually traveled down mm-hmm. to his home and visited with him. So they clearly think there's something there that they wanted to work with. I, I just like his defensive work out there. Uh, he, uh, uh, that just reminded me that him and Adams ran into each other in that last game. But uh, <laughs> aside from that play, I've liked what I've seen from him. Uh, the Nationals, they have some depth at a couple positions, but it's, it's surely being tested so far, as is the bullpen, which brings me to my next point here. Uh, the suspended game on Tuesday night, which was a fun game while it lasted with Geo against the Yankees. Uh, the threat of rain all weekend when L.A. is in town after Wednesday's game got wiped out. Uh, is this a good argument for adding a roof to all parks like the Nationals reportedly considered a few years back? Uh, is it good to get the overworked bullpen a rest here and just have everyone kind of – basically this has been an, an off week at this point with Monday off and the Tuesday game suspended, Wednesday didn't play, now today off, and possibility of tomorrow off. Is it just good to get everyone a little breather, you think, or is it going to get everyone out of rhythm, which is the other end of that possibility, I suppose? Yeah, just just for laughs, and I'm not sure if this is just a, a matter of when things update. I, I looked at Fangraphs to they have a like a little pitcher usage chart that you can pull up for your team. They they've stopped tracking it for the Nats. You know, the, the last <laughs> day they have data for is you know yesterday when there was no game. I'm really worried about what's going to happen. I've gone past the point of great, the guys had some time off. I'm now actively worried about what's going to happen the next time people pitch. Um, I, I know that they're working out. I know they're getting some, some side work in trying to stay fresh, but I, I just have a feeling that the next time we see the bullpen, it's going to be rough. And that there's been enough time now for everyone to basically have, have built up a good bit of rust. Um, you know, especially since it's looking iffy for a game on Friday. And so if the, the first game we get is Saturday, after all that time off and if MLB tries to throw a double header in there because Friday gets rained out, oh, this, this is going to turn into a poop show pretty quick. <laughs> Maybe Austin Voss can finally get his opportunity now after being <laughs> called up, called up twice. He was brought up, uh, the first time didn't pitch. Then it was brought up on Wednesday for what was supposed to be a, a game and a half there. So they got the extra man. He didn't get into that game either. So let Austin Voss pitch, but do play tomorrow night. You got Ross Stripling on the mound for the Dodgers. 0-1-2-2-0 ERA uh, against Max Scherzer. Seven and one so far. I think he's got a six start unbeaten streak going into this. One six nine ERA, ninety one Ks. Uh, it's a big series with the Dodgers who are struggling. Seventeen and twenty six on the year. I, I haven't watched enough of them to know what's going on over there. But I know Clayton Kershaw is not in there, which takes a little bit of the uh, shine off of this series. But uh, another team the Nationals should beat while they're down here. They've had some tough matchups, but this is a struggling Dodger team coming in here for the weekend if they do actually play. Yeah, I, I know the, the, the Dodgers have, have really struggled with some, some big injury issues this year, to some, uh, uh, both, uh, both to the rotation and, and some of their position players. And they've, they've had some, some underperformance issues as well. But, uh, boy, uh, let's, let's hope the Nats can take good advantage of this while they have the opportunity and that the bullpen is able to deal with not having pitched in three weeks. Wish there was more to talk about, but there hasn't been much baseball <laughs> recently. 
24 and 18, two games back heading into this weekend series, uh, 10 and 10 at home so far. They've won their last 10, I think 13 of 15. I didn't double check that, but my memory serves four straight. So to sum up here, I thought I would get tired of watching people reacting to Childers Gambino's video. I haven't gotten tired of it yet. <laughs> there's no realistic reason why Dirk Gently's holistic detective agency shouldn't be able to find a new home. The expanse was the best sci-fi show on TV and they had realistic uh, aspects of future warfare, which I read all about on an Anna Marie Cox column. So bring back the expanse to somebody. There's a whole lot of horrible shows out there. Somebody has to pay for it. And for God's sake, let's have some baseball at least once or twice this weekend. So we can all get back to it. Amen. That's nightly weekly sponsored by Fed com. Good to talk to you again, sir. And hopefully there'll be more baseball to talk about next week. Let's hope so. Go Nats. Goodbye.